0: Every year, people around the world kind of do a plan together. They kind of come up with a new year's resolution or this new plan and try to create a new framework for how they want to live into and maybe pursue this upcoming year. For some, it's learning a new skill. For others, it's probably quitting something. Sometimes it's exercising more just to shed some of that holiday weight that we've gained. Uh, Some will even start a new practice or create this whole new organized routine for themselves just to live better. Well, this past fall, my friend and I were feeling pretty sluggish. We were worn out, tired, and we were thinking about the seasons in the past of our lives when we felt energized, and active, felt good about ourselves. So we decided in that moment that tomorrow, the next day, we were going to start this new health craze. Uh, It's a challenge called 75 Hard. 75 Hard is a challenge where a person follows these specific rules for 75 days straight. It's not easy, I can tell you that. Two times a day, you have to exercise for 45 minutes. You can't have sugar or alcohol, which was hard. You get to pick your own meal, but you do also have to drink four and a half liters of water, and you have to read at least 10 pages in a book a day. Building these practices seems like a good idea, but when you haven't put the work and plan to put it into place, It doesn't happen. So we started the day after, and shockingly, we didn't last the week. Uh, We gave up, or at least we were about to give up. And I don't know about you, but when I don't hit that goal that I had aspired to in my mind, I can often feel a little bit of failure, uh, feel like I'm being harder on myself, probably harder than I should be. And so before we had the chance to feel like we had failed, we decided to give ourselves some grace in the process. We didn't want to give up, so we just changed our mindset a little. We shifted it a little. We took the challenge rules, and instead of thinking them uh, of them as solely this list of items to check off on our everyday list with that fear of failing lingering behind our heads, uh, we began to give ourselves grace for the days that it was just too hard to accomplish the task. And we would choose every morning, the following morning, to pursue the challenge again to the best of our ability. What we realized weeks later is that we still had this excitement and this energy, this joy and delight to keep going, to keep pursuing it. We weren't accomplishing the challenge anymore. What we were doing is we were altering or shifting our lives the lives that we were once living as sluggish and now feeling energized. And essentially, we're still feeling that energy. We're still finding more of that energy, and we can focus more, and we feel good about ourselves, feeling a little healthier, which is always good after the Christmas holidays. And that's the joy of these New Year's resolutions. They become a moment, uh, a marker in time that we get to reset, and begin to practice things that we've been eager to lean into. And so today, we're starting a series called The Rhythms for Life. We'll be looking at some of these spiritual practices that can help us find a new sense of well-being, that will help ground us. These are things that will give us rest and peace. It will help reorient us to God. And hopefully, these practices, if we start now, can help us grow deeper in our faith with Jesus over this next year. Our hope here is that these aren't just rules and things we check off the list time and time again, but maybe it's just a moment for us to reflect, to engage in dialogue with, and to maybe start putting into practice some of these behaviors. Maybe these are behaviors we've longed for, but haven't given ourselves the time or energy or ability to focus To make it happen. Maybe as we talk about these rhythms for life, we get to find ways to practice them together as a community. So today, as apropos as it might seem, I want to spend some time highlighting today the importance and significance of Sabbath and how when we stop and delight in this practice of Sabbath, we find ourselves stopping and delighting in Jesus as well. So from Deuteronomy five twelve to 15, we read this. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the, a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work. Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your ox, your donkey, or any animals of yours, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you are slaves in Egypt, or were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Let me pray for us. So Jesus, we just thank you for your words today. We thank you that you are here in this place. And so may you open our hearts and our minds and our ears to receive what it is that you would like to give us. In your name, amen. The book of Deuteronomy is the fifth book in the Jewish set of books, the Torah. And it's this historical book of laws, one that captures these three sermons of Moses uh, that he spoke to the Israelites right before they entered the Promised Land. And here in chapter 5 in Deuteronomy, we see uh, Moses walks the Israelites through the Ten Commandments that's originally found in Exodus 20. And specifically here in verse 12, he talks about commandment number four, Sabbath. And just a fascinating side note, Moses actually has the most to say about Sabbath over any of the other commandments. He doesn't just say, keep the Sabbath holy. He offers a much longer explanation why Sabbath matters, what it means for us, how we need to live it out. We are to keep it holy by not working. And so it's probably important for us to define Sabbath here so we have a better understanding of what we're talking about. So Sabbath comes from this Hebrew word Shabbat. The word literally means to stop, to cease, to rest. To the Jewish people, it was a 24-hour day from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown for them to stop working, to stop what was necessary to exercise this freedom from the labors of everyday life, so they could spend it delighting or celebrating and enjoying time with God, with their family, with their community. Can you imagine what it'd be like to take a full 24 hours off, literally, to not do any work? And not just one of you, everybody. No running errands, no paying bills, no trying to catch up on all of the work that we've missed, uh, no doing household chores, there'll be no Amazon deliveries, no stores are open, we would be bored, and I find it seeming kind of apocalyptic. As individuals, stopping for 24 hours is something that doesn't necessarily come easy to us, and something we don't often practice or live into. For our culture, stopping is not a thing. There's always and will always be someone or something that is at work, maybe trying to help make our lives a little bit more convenient. But the Jewish people, in that day, they practiced it. They lived it and lived into it. The whole town shut down. Foreigners didn't work. Servants didn't work. Even the animals didn't work. And this is what Moses is trying to say here and get at. No one does work on the Sabbath. They just rest. They just have fun. They worship and celebrate Jesus together in community with the people that they love. Honestly, if Vancouver would shut down, I could just imagine what the mayhem would look like. It would be so hard to do anything. We would probably get bored very quickly. I'd get frustrated. There would probably be riots and picketers everywhere. We'd just get antsy. Because whether we like it or not, we're not people who know how to stop. We're always going in some way. We don't slow down well. We don't stop well. How do you feel, or how would you feel if you were stopped at a traffic light, the red one, and waiting and waiting, hoping for that red to turn, and it's still not going? And it's still not going. you take that deep breath in, and it's still red, it drives us crazy. It drives me crazy. Or what if we are rolling up to a stop sign and I? guilty of doing this a lot, but not really stopping for the recommended three seconds at the stop sign to look at all of the directions and go forward. I roll slowly, pretend to stop, and just book it. This is our lives. This is how we act naturally. Author and assistant professor at Bushnell University, AJ Swoboda, says this. The Sabbath has largely been forgotten by the church. It is not as though we do not love God we love God deeply, but we just do not know how to sit with God anymore. I don't think He's too far off, hey? To stop, to cease to rest. These can be pretty hard things, and things we can often forget, really quickly, when life starts to pile on, that list of tasks become too long and we just push a little bit more. and we believe that we can get it through it. Today we're tired, and I know tomorrow will be different. We can be so preoccupied with this hurried life, with the busyness of all the things that go on around us that we just forget. I mean, how restful was this past Christmas for anyone? I feel like it was chock full of these gatherings and parties and people and food, almost to make up for the lost years in the past. My girlfriend Bria and I went to Toronto for uh, Christmas, for a week, for a full eight days. And for those full eight days straight, we were paraded around to a number of our family and friends who wanted to meet the two of us for the first time. And when you have to do that for 12 to 16 hours a day, you start to get weary. And if you want to talk about what it means for us to be exhausted, And to come away from what should have been probably a restful season, but feeling more exhausted and worn down, we can chat later. Uh, I have new and recent experience over it. And the sad part is, is that this was Christmas. This was the time that we were meant to celebrate Jesus, to just be with Jesus, to stop and to be present in the season. And truthfully, both of us totally forgot. Forgot to give ourselves the space and time just to stop well, to rest well. And so when we got home, we crashed for a few days, and a week and a half later, we're both still in recovery. (laughs) As hard as it can be sometimes to stop, I think it's actually just important. No matter what At some point, our bodies just say, enough is enough. And it's almost like mm, when you're writing a sermon on your computer, you've got a couple of tabs open on your web browser, and you can hear this fan starting to spin faster and faster, and that battery starts to heat up And you try and quickly, at the most inopportune moment, try and save your document. And that joyous, wonderful, helpful spinning wheel of death pops up on your screen, literally stopping you from being able to save all that you'd worked on. Not that that had happened to me. (laughs) You pray that the computer doesn't shut, shut down and restart. And then the screen goes to black. And you see that startup screen once again praying, Lord, please make sure that that document is saved. I think our lives are so much like that. We often do so much running around, trying to get all of these things done. We make the meals, we head to work, we head to the gym, we go for the run, we need to go see this friend and that friend. We take our kids from one sport practice to another, or a rehearsal, trying to run errands in the 15 minutes in our lunch breaks. We go, 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 forgetting that our bodies actually need time to slow down. Our bodies need time to stop they need to rest. One study even found that there was zero difference in productivity between employees who logged in 70 hours of work a week, which is a ridiculous number for anyone to be working in a week, but 70 hours of work compared to 55 hours of work a week, both very high numbers of working, overachievers. But God is probably speaking to us through our bodies here. It doesn't matter if you work 55 or 70, your bodies just get tired. And the brilliance of what God has done in this Genesis creation story all the way back at the beginning is that he worked for six days, creating the whole cosmos And then on the seventh day, what did he do? He decided to stop. He rested. He took delight in all that he had made. If God was the one who chose to rest, chose to slow down. If God was the one that created this habit, this rhythm for us, and then, like we see in this Deuteronomy passage, commanded us to observe it, to practice it, to do all of our work in six days, and then to stop on the seventh day. Doesn't that mean something? When we rush and forget to really and truly stop, our bodies actually get fatigued, worn down, our minds will tire, and at some point, we will need to reset, sort of like my computer. And in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer identifies some symptoms of a hurried life. And maybe just make note of any of these if they come up for you. Irritability, hypersensitivity, restlessness, workaholism, or non-stop activity. Emotional numbness, out-of-order priorities, lack of care for your body, escapist behaviors, slippage of spiritual disciplines, isolation. How many did you check off? I'm not saying this is a competition, and I probably shouldn't be fully proud of this, but I think I have experienced all of them in some way at some point in my life. And hey, it feels like it's actually quite shocking. And so when I read it, I feel both seen and known, and not in a good way. When we keep going and don't know how to stop, it becomes harmful to our mind, to our bodies, and to our souls. Some of you might say, "Uh, but I just don't have the time. I'm busy taking care of my kids. I'm working a lot, supporting my family. Others of you are probably working a few jobs or have to travel to do all of your work. Some of you might have some free time. But as AJ Swoboda had said and put it, you just don't know how to sit with God anymore. In the moments in life when we get too caught up in the many little pieces that can distract us, that can consume us, we begin to kind of lose our connection with God and Jesus. And when we create these rhythms for life to help us stop, to be present in, to explore and embrace and celebrate what God has done in our relationship with him, in that way, it becomes something formative it changes our whole perspective. It begins to shift something in us. The truth is starting the practice of Sabbath, learning to stop, takes some intentional work and preparation. It's not easy, it's not simple, but at some point, you just have to start. A few years ago, before COVID, I was feeling really burnt out. This is a trend in my life. Uh, Really burnt out and overwhelmed and worn down. And I was chatting with my housemate about it all, and she was also feeling the same way. And as we were talking, we both realized that we just wanted to get out of the house and go for a hike in the mountains. Maybe it was in hopes that we could reset a little maybe regain some of the energy that we had lost, maybe get our bodies moving a little bit more than we normally did. And so we made this plan to go out on a hike that Saturday. It was very simple. Uh, it was a hike to Bowen Lookout. But it got us out. And when we got back home after the, what I will now call a short hike, I went back right into work mode. And I started figuring some things out for Sunday and the following week and started to check the items off my list. Because I was like, if I get a head start now, the week will be easy. Whereas my housemate just paused. She stopped everything. She rested. She read a book. She took a nap. She watched a movie. She even door dashed us food for the celebration of our excursion, uh, which was very yummy. And then we went into this work week, both of us work in churches, and I was still feeling quite sluggish. But But I had a little bit more energy than normal. And she, surprisingly enough, had enough energy to get her through the week. And so by that Friday, we talked about our hike and really wanted to do it again. So we made a plan that night, went for a longer hike on Saturday, and we came back with a little bit more energy. She spent the day, once again, reading and napping and watching a movie, hanging out with friends, and stupidly, I went back to work again. My housemate had been practicing Sabbath. I was not. I did not make it a priority in my life. It didn't invest, I didn't invest the amount of time to make Sabbath keeping part of who I was. But as these hikes became those full-day excursions and adventures, I had to actually start planning my weeks better, because I wanted to be stress-free from work, because no cell reception when you're in the mountains sometimes, and I wanted to celebrate the day well. Even when I was tired from the week, I had enough energy and excitement and delight to go on this next hike to go spend time in nature with God. This new practice, this new ritual and rhythm for our life that we had built up helped me enjoy the full day of Sabbath. It helped me reframe and reorient my eyes to God. So when I went to work on Sunday, I ended up not being as irritable or sensitive. I was emotionally present with others, I felt grounded. I was able to listen well with other people. My body didn't ache as much. The Sabbath practice doesn't ask us to stop living. It actually invites us to live a life that's better, to stop from the work and the toils of our week, to take in all the joys and goodness of God's creation. My whole being was re-energized. I wasn't sluggish, I could exercise a little bit more, I was productive at work. I felt drawn to God in ways that I hadn't known before. I prayed and I meditated more. It shaped and changed my whole week. Old Testament theologian Walter Brueggemann writes this in his book, Sabbath as Resistance. People who keep Sabbath live all seven days differently. And that's how I started to see every week. Sabbath changed every day throughout the week for me. And what helped was that I wasn't not just doing this on my own. I had friends with me. I had others to enjoy the day with, so that we could celebrate it together, so that we could delight in this day, in this practice. Earlier, we talked about the Hebraic word Shabbat, which means to stop, to cease, to rest. However, it can also be translated into a word called, that's to delight. And the word delight really means to gain great pleasure and satisfaction in things. So not only are we told to stop working on the Sabbath, to observe it and practice it, we are asked to also delight in it, to find joy in it, to find satisfaction and pleasure in it. And when we find delight in things, we often find freedom and joy. And so in verse 15, we see Moses reminds the Israelites that they are no longer slaves. A people that were oppressed are free. And he says this remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God uh, brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. God rescued them from slavery in Egypt and is now saying that in order to honor him, they're just meant to rest, put their feet up. Up until this moment, no other civilization had given people a full day of rest. But what a way to celebrate that they were a free people, to just be with God, to stop all work, to delight in the world, It's actually quite incredible. Dan Allender, a Christian therapist and author, says this in his book, Sabbath. The Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it is the best day of the week, It is the day we anticipate on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and the day we remember on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. He's talking about the Saturday Sabbath. Sabbath is the holy time where we feast, play, dance, have sex, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk, and watch creation in its fullness. But few people are willing to enter the Sabbath and sanctify it to make it holy Because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone a week. Have you ever let that sink in? Have you ever allowed celebration and rest and desire and delight to just be embodied inside of us? Recently, a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine had her job contract removed and not renewed. And this happened in the morning of a Monday. And a couple of hours later, she gets this call from an organization that she had just interviewed with, wasn't expecting a lot, offering her a permanent role. So it went from no job and no security to permanent role security for a long time. And she could have been excited and embraced this joyful moment, but she didn't. She kept stressing out about all of the other logistics. She didn't know how to make the things work, how to end her job, how to start the next one. She was thinking about the car and the gas and all of these other pieces. And she couldn't just let herself simply sit in it. Sit with God, thank him, delight in him in this beautiful new moment. And I think as a society, we've probably forgotten what it means to stop and take delight in the good things in life When we rush through the world and the day, moving too quickly, we don't see the beauty around us. It's almost as if we were in a car, speeding down a road, and everything around us was blurry. We don't experience the goodness of life. We don't know how to sit with God anymore. And typically, if something positive happens, we often tend to just shut it down or push it aside and choose not to celebrate it because it just takes up too much time and might feel a little too hard. Every time something good or positive happens in my life, my therapist has me do this exercise to allow me embody and allow my mind and soul really feel this positive energy. To not shy or run away from it in the ways that I had done when I was younger. So I literally have to sit in my chair, put my hands on my chest and try and let it all soak in my body, which feels ridiculous. But I'm soaking it in my body. I'm picturing it as a color or as an item. I'm feeling it in my body, and the whole practice is to let whatever I envision to just be and go through my body to spread. And as I get to practice that, it takes time. It takes patience. It takes slowing down and stopping. But it forces me to have to be present with it. When we get to slow down and allow ourselves to slow down, we actually get to take in a deep breath. A we can begin to celebrate. We can sit with God again and learn how to stop and delight in Him, in all that He has made. But we must Actually, just begin to try to do it. Stopping is not always easy, delighting is not always easy, but Sabbath is this day that God has created for us to practice these two things. It was made for us to stop from all of work in life, and it was made for us to delight in creation with God and His people. It's a gift God, our Creator, gave us, His creation to just gratefully receive, to soak in. So shouldn't that be our desire? That we know how to just sit with God again? That we can feel his goodness inside? That we can easily just celebrate what he has freed us from and just delight in him? So I guess the question is, what does delight mean to you? What do you find joy doing? Maybe the better question here is, what could you do for 24 hours that would fill up your soul, that would make your whole body just spontaneously combust with wonder and awe and gratitude and praise? Could it be eating good food with friends, playing games, singing with others like we've done, taking a nap, reading, writing, painting, dancing, hiking, praying and meditating, reading scripture. All we have to do is practice the thing that fills us up, that gives us energy. And that way we get to celebrate Jesus. We get to delight in God. And if that feels too daunting or too scary, it's okay. Okay. We get to offer ourselves grace in this whole process. But it's why we also get to be here together today in order to live into this practice of Sabbath. We need others to help support us. We need people in our lives with similar values who are committed in the practice so that you and I can be supported in it so we don't forget, so we can remember together and stay strong. That means to practice Sabbath, we actually have to communicate with each other, maybe plan some meals or hangouts. We have to put all of our work in the week aside for just one day to learn to stop and delight. If it's too hard to stop, just take a deep breath and just slowly look around you. If you're outside, look at nature. If you're in here, look at the people. We're all in this together. And if it's too hard to delight, well, just take a breath and slowly look around you and see all the goodness of God's creation. Probably one of the best things that we get to do as a church community is practice these practices. And so I figured, why not just try stopping and delighting in Jesus, um, then having us do this outside on our own and maybe forget. And so I'm going to invite you, as you're sitting in your chairs, or if you're not, that's okay, um, to just find a way to feel comfortable, to close your eyes and feel comfortable. And I'll grab a chair as well and do this with us. And so with your eyes closed, wiggling in your seat to get comfortable, place your feet firmly on the ground. Let your feet just get a little heavier. Let them sink into the floor. Feel free to put your hands on a place that is comfortable. It can be on your knees. Your chest. You can put your hands behind your neck and just let your head rest on them. Whatever feels right. And just focus on your breathing. In and out. Trying to just take in these deeper breaths having that breath go all the way down to your belly button. And on the count of three, we'll breathe in through our nose for five counts. We'll hold it for a moment, and then we'll exhale with our mouths for five counts. Three, two, one, inhale. One, two, three, four, five. Hold and exhale. One, two, three, four, five. If you feel like you want to keep breathing in this moment, to stop from the busyness of life, to delight in the goodness of life, Just keep breathing as we close in our prayer. So, Jesus, what an honor it is that we get to be in this room together, learning how we can better practice stopping and delighting in you. As Lord over the Sabbath, we know that you have us and long for us to just sit with you. So, as we go from here, as we look out the rest of this day, May you show us the places that we can stop and look around to delight in your goodness. May we find ways to lean into this practice this year so that we can be a people who enter into Sabbath well. We love you and we worship you. Amen.